Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology. And hey, what did you call me? Today on the show, we're talking about ridiculous species names and learning all about the animals behind them. Can you really judge a pig butt worm by its name? Or a screaming hairy armadillo? Or a lump sucker fish? Who comes up with these names anyways? Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, how do you like your fried egg jellyfish, stinger side up? Joining me today is our producer, Joelle Monique and entertainment journalist and scientist, KB. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. What What is your science background? Yeah, so my degrees are actually in biology and chemistry, and so my master's is in biology with a concentration on immunology. So mm. after I finished my master's, um, I taught um, at a university some biology courses, and at the same time, I was actually doing biomedical research for like a biotech company. Mm-hmm. So doing all of those things. And then I transitioned to healthcare from that kind of uh, streamline, all while still doing entertainment. Because it's always a juggle. <laughs> How did you sort of like go from the the healthcare field to entertainment? When I was doing the research, it was more isolating. So mm-hmm. for me, that just 
it didn't work out. Like I'm definitely more of a people person. So um, I ended up getting kind of a natural transition. Like the, the products that we were working on at my biotech company were um, used in cardiovascular surgeries. Awesome. So I ended up having a hospital basically like poach me and see if I wanted to work um, just kind of on the healthcare side, doing more like quality improvement work and process improvement. So I did that for them, and um, I've just been doing that, like, ever since. So I actually still do a double juggle in terms oh, of, wow, like, having awesome. a day job and then doing entertainment. Um, just because, like, unfortunately, I have not been at a point on the entertainment side of things to be able to, you know, kind of work full time in that space yeah. um, and transition completely. So, um, yeah, so I still do, like, consulting work in the healthcare Amazing. space. I'm just, I just no longer do, like, scientific research, but I'm still... In That's incredible. Place. So today on the show, I wanted to talk about, I mean, it's actually kind of like what we we're talking about, like science sometimes seems really stuffy, but it can be really funny and fun and lighthearted. And you can tell just by the fun that scientists have naming animals. So uh, this idea was actually from a listener from Grace Non Sycamore on Instagram who says, can we learn about animals with silly names? For example, the pig butt worm or spiny lump sucker. And Grace, heck yes. That's what we're doing today. That is an amazing idea. Thank you so much. Yeah, if you guys also have ideas, you can message me at Creature Feature Pod on Instagram. And I love those ideas. You always come up with such good ideas, my wonderful listeners. So today, yes, silly names, ridiculous names. Why are animals named these things? Is it just scientists being rude to the animals or are these accurate names? <laughs> so our first section are names that sound like insults. And we're gonna start off with the pig butt worm. <laughs> it is uh, I mean, okay, you got you guys explain what you're seeing here. What 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 are you guys looking at? I, I sent you both an image of the pig butt worm. One, uh, this is an appropriate name, and I can't blame scientists. They're not bad people. <laughs> this is an accurate description of. I would never guess it's a worm. So okay, imagine you know when you're like blowing bubbles, but it's like <sighs> big league chew, so it's kind of thin, but it's like meant to be super stretchy. <laughs> Now imagine you blew a bubble and your friend blew a bubble right next to each other mm-hmm. and it kind of had a butthole <laughs> and a worm inside. That's what it looks like I've seen. So this looks really interesting to me. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It does kind of remind me a little bit of like an embryo. Mm, um, sure. So like when I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, okay. Because, you know, obviously like the outer parts are very, very translucent. Um, I do see that kind of indentation that Joelle just mentioned that kind of looks like something is going to come out of that butthole. But then in the center, you know, you kind of have this pink mass, which I assume is just, you know, the the actual worm, I guess, on mm-hmm. the inside. Um, but it does remind me of an embryo. I'm not, I'm yeah. not going to lie. It's like an embryonic butt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is also co- known as the flying buttocks. Even its Latin name, Chaopterus pugaporcinus, means chaopterid worm that looks like the rump of a pig. So even the fancy scientific sounding word is a bit rude. This is a deep ocean dwelling worm about the size of a hazelnut that looks like a disembodied butt. Uh, 
And a balloon, it's like basically an inflated butt balloon, but it is in fact a segmented worm. So what's going on is that one of their segments is inflated so large you can barely see the other segments, but they're all kind of crammed in there. That's that sort of like pink stuff you see sort of at the front. It's just all the rest of its body all jumbled up right there. But the inflated part of the worm, which is the main part you can see, helps it float. But moreover, it looks like a hiney. Looks like a rear end. <laughs> looks a bit like a tushy. Oh, sorry. I just... I had to Google it, you know, because questions, and uh, its face is what? Wait, I just sent a picture. Oh, my God. It's like, Katie, what is that, like, bear thing, but it's, like, microscopic? It's really tiny, and <laughs> under, it's like a sea. Oh, uh, yeah, the tardigrades, the water bears. Yeah. Water bears. Yes, it has a face like that thing. Ew, it's so ugly. It kind of looks like a Jim Henson Muppet. <laughs> it looks like one of the oh yeah the like the yep 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 aliens yeah, yeah, yeah. except that its eyes and i hate to get rude but its eyes do look a little bit like boobies <laughs> like a little bit like boobies it's just it's irises are nippular <laughs> they are nippular thank you that's a good word that's an excellent word <laughs> So this strange butt animal with boobies for eyes is found up to 1,200 meters, which is about 4,000 feet under the sea, not quite at the sea floor, but in the oxygen minimum zone. And they seem to have no means of locomotion other than just being buoyant and passively drifting. So they just float along, collect food in their mouths, and their mouths look a little bit like a butthole <laughs> coming out of the butt. And they also dangle a cloud of mucus out of their mouths to help catch marine snow. And marine snow is this, like, you know how in documentaries where you see the camera and you see this, like, snow-like stuff drifting in the ocean, yeah. these little part It looks like dust in, in a beam of light, but it's underwater. That's marine snow, and that's just little bits of organic detritus. It can even be poop. Like, that's a big thing is fish poop. So indeed, this is a floating butt that eats poop. There's never been a less attractive animal. <laughs> no, 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 no. I beg to differ because let me tell you, possums, opossums are like horrifying. So I don't know. I can at least tolerate this one. I do feel like that Jim Henson Muppets reference is accurate. Like yeah. once you look back, at, at the mouthpiece, or I, what I'm assuming is a mouthpiece. When you look at the mouthpiece, I'm like, oh, that definitely looks like a Muppet. When I look into the eyes of a possum, all I feel is terror and, it do, and possums sheer Possums do look a little Skeksis-like, though. Dark crystal, Skeksis-like. Oh, my gosh. They're so creepy. I do like a possum. <laughs> also, you should check out possums, which are the Australian version of the opossums. North America's only marsupial, but possums are actually, in Australia, are absolutely adorable. And it's fun to see, like, Australians' idea of what a possum is is probably very different from in the U.S. I do love a possum, a U.S. possum. They're little toilet, toilet teddy bears. <laughs> There's no such thing. A toilet teddy bear. Words together. They're little, they're little, they're cute little, little toilet mice. Uh, oh, scamper no. around. They're, they're great for the environment. They eat ticks. They eat a bunch of ticks, which is great. They eat up, they are sort of the terminus for a lot of disease because they're resistant to a lot of diseases and they eat, eat a lot of ticks. So they're, 
I know they they look a little bit, you know, they look a little bit like a sort of a a a, a garbage squirrel, but you know, it's they they are quite quite good animals. A garbage squirrel, yes, they do do a lot for the environment. However, I never want to cross a path. One time, truly, one knocked on my front door, and I was like, "Stop it!" No, I'm so serious. It was late at night. I think that it was honestly just trying to figure out like what to get into, and I yeah. was just like, "No." Was it like, like, "Do you have a minute to talk about possum Jesus?" <laughs> do you have a minute to talk about the ticks in your area? I'm not satisfied <laughs> with this. Introducing Tick Hoover 9000. Oh, my God. Uh, poor little possums. Our next animal sounds like it would be horrifying, but it is absolutely adorable, at least in my opinion. This is the lump sucker fish. So lump sucker fish are a family of adorably portly little fish who have modified pelvic fins that act as suckers to help them cling to the ocean floor. So... I love it when a name of an animal is really accurate. These are lumpy fish that have suckers. And there you have it. It's the lump sucker fish. Oh, my God. I love it. These are kind of cute. I mean, I could actually see this fish in, like, Finding Nemo or the Little Mermaid. Like, I could just, you know, see one of these creatures being, like, the best friend sidekick in an animated movie. They also look, they look like Miyazaki creatures, like a Ponyo or Spirited Away little creature. You guys, Katie has provided us with a photo of one just sitting on somebody's finger. It's literally (laughs) the size of like a fingernail, but also it looks so sad. I want to (laughs) like comfort it. It's like, so like just pouty, like on the verge of a breakdown. Like it needs a hug and no one is hugging this tiny fish. Please help it. It kind of has the set, the same sad face that E.T. did, like when he arrived. It's like that same yes. kind of demeanor, like... A little bit of a downturn pout, like a... Whoa. Whoa. Oh, my God. They're so cute. They are a family of fish, so there are many different species. They tend to be... They all tend to be very round. They all have that sucker, and they can... There's That sucker is so strong, they can, like, attach themselves to your fingers, and you can lift your hand, and they'll just dangle from your fingers. And there is a photo of that, which I provided you guys also include in the show notes. So cute. And there is a specific species called the Pacific Spiny Lump Sucker, which is an adorable little yellow fish that only grows to be about one to three inches, which is about the size of a grape or a kumquat. And they live in shore waters, attaching themselves to reefs, kelp patches, and even man-made docks. They live about 500 feet underwater. So they're not like super super deep sea fish but you know they're they're under there and like all lump suckers they are bad swimmers they are not very good at swimming uh that's where you live (laughs) that's like they're like sloths and panda bears Uh you're not supposed to exist i just i just imagine them like literally struggling for their lives and they're like i need something to land on i need something to just stick to yeah that's exactly what it is and they like when they have to escape, they just sort of pathetically bobble around trying to get away. They can swim. It's just sad looking. It's it's bad swimming. They don't have a lot of body. So it's like a, is it like a muscle thing? Like I don't have muscles to like get through there. They don't have a lot of fin to like direction yeah. or push. Yeah, it seems like their bodies are mostly built for attaching to things and 
not necessarily swimming. So they kind of like stick onto things and hide themselves within kelp or within rocks to defend themselves. And they don't typically swim that much. So it's like a lot of energy conservation because you're not fighting the currents or anything. You can just kind of attach yourself to a safe place and stay there. And they they do hunt. They eat small crustaceans and worms. But basically, they hunt after stuff that's pretty easy to get. So like slow moving or even completely stationary invertebrates. And when they do swim, it's usually to spawn. So the most swimming they'll do in their life is to get together and create some little babies. And the males will do most of the parental care. So they'll spawn with the female, but the male will attach itself with its little sucker near the eggs and will defend them and use their fins to aerate the water around the eggs to get them fresh oxygen. So cute little bubble daddies. How progressive are they? The males, I mean, if they're defending their eggs, they're pretty aggressive. They will, they will nip at anything trying to approach. I mean, they're not, you know, they're they're quite small, so they don't present a serious threat. But they will, they'll do their, they'll do their gosh darndest to be intimidating. Oh, I was saying how progressive they are as oh, as a species. Yes, as they a species. are exactly. Like, parental parental leave for men, for fishmen. For little, for little lump suckers. Yeah, right? Lump suckers get it. They get it. So <laughs> here's just a funny, I, I'm, I'll put these in the show notes, but I'm sharing them with you guys too. A few funny videos. There's one of lump suckers in an aquarium in Japan called the Epson Shinogawa Aqua Stadium. And they put balloons under the water and the lump suckers attach themselves to the balloons. <laughs> just like... Please Incredible. put a bunch of these guys on a disco ball and let Oh my god. Give me a light show and let's party. Underwater <laughs> disco ball. They look so adorable though on this balloon. So I mean, I can't I can't lie. I mean, even though they're actually like probably scouring at us in terms of their facial expressions, <laughs> they're still so adorable because they're so small. <laughs> so yeah, and they definitely have resting grump face. There's yes. another video of a smaller lump sucker looking for something to attach to, and all it finds is another lump sucker's head, so it just attaches itself to the other lump sucker. I like the one that's upside down. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, their fins are so small. Like they, they're, they're like underneath their body, and so they can't do much can't with do them. It. The ones that are on their sides are like very tiny. Yeah. And so when they move, like we can it's like a little bit to the left, a little to the right. It looks like their giant heads are trying to guide them, but they don't know what to do when they hop <laughs> when they attach to something. It's oh just too God. much, too much energy. They're like, this I can't so exert cute. too much energy. I, I really need a plushie of these. Yes, I, I so sympathize with with the like. I feel like a lump sucker right now. Sometimes <laughs> it's just like I want to attach myself to something. And just have food float by and just like nab it. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. The life right now. I mean, I feel like since we're just all at home, yeah. this is the ideal life for us being lump suckers. We are living the lump sucker life. <laughs> they embody my whole attitude right now, I think. Just the, the perpetual grump face trying to <laughs> stick onto something else. <laughs> Mine may be without the grum face, but their mm. general laid back demeanor yes. at pretty much everything. I'm like, yeah, that's definitely yeah. me right now. 
This is my expression reading the news every day, just like, mm. 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 <laughs> So our next animal also found under the ocean where its name sounds like an insult. I'm not sure what it means, but it definitely sounds like one. It is the tasseled wool... Wait. Whoopee? The, the tasseled oh. wobegong. <laughs> Ooh, grandpa fish. Yeah, I mean, this fish looks like an angry old man. What in the... Okay, so all of these creatures are from a Miyazaki film that has yet to be made. Uh, he's taking notes and he's ready. This thing literally, it blends in so good with the seafloor and it looks like a face on yeah. the seafloor. Like it's got a giant mouth and like imagine, a what's a Christmas tree? An evergreen. It's got like evergreen like nettle leaves mm -hmm. like all over its base and then a big like, ah, big bird's best imaginary friend. <laughs> it kind oh. of looks like Gonzo. Oh, Snuffleupagus? Yeah, oh. like a Snuffleupagus size mouth. It does have gonzo vibes to it in that it's like kind of furry and wild. And then it's got these eyes which don't look like they can see much. It's like <laughs> so far up on its head and then spread apart that it's only getting side vision. It's only peripherals. I am it's almost 100% sure that we have seen this creature in Howard the Duck. Like it just feels <laughs> like it belongs there. <laughs> look at this. Would it surprise you guys to learn this is actually a shark? Stop. A shark? <laughs> what? A this shark? Is, yes. It does give me whale shark vibes now that you say it. Mm -hmm. It's a carpet shark that lives oh. in the coral reefs off the coast of northern Australia and New Guinea. When it's swimming, it looks kind of like you took a regular shark and just pancaked it and then added a bunch of tassels to it, like a shark rug. You know, like a bearskin rug, if it's like a <laughs> yeah, shark yeah. skin rug, except you added a bunch of tassels along the edges. But when it's resting, it'll often curl its tail in so it's more spherical and kind of looks like a bath mat with like an angry face on it and a huge mouth. And... It grows to be about four to five feet, a little over one meter in length. And it's not like too dangerous, but it has been known to bite and attack people basically because it's so well camouflaged. People will just like step on it or step oh, near it and then it'll bite you. That's his face. Exactly. He's just defending himself. You think you're walking on a bath mat, but it's somebody's face. I'm not going to lie. When you said it was a carpet shark, I immediately thought that was like a vacuum. Like it just sounded like, <laughs> like a carpet shark. I'm like, is this the new vacuum that's about to come out? Oh like... my God, it does sound like a vacuum. <laughs> so, I bet, hang on, I'm going to Google carpet. It may already be a vacuum. Vacuum. Because if not, you have to patent that immediately. <laughs> Oh, no, it's a it's a vacuum. It's already uh, a vacuum. See, I was like, carpet I mean, shark. carpet shark, I was like, I'm getting vacuum vibes. I mean, the evergreen is so ever present. Like when Joelle said that, I'm like, yes, it looks so piney. Like the, the sides of this animal just looks yeah. very piney. Like it's small, like trees almost. Like a Douglas fir or a noble yes. fir. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, so those eyes are terrifying though. I'm does look, even though it looks like a doofy Miyazaki character or a Muppet uh, or like Beauty and the Beast living carpet, it is a fierce predator and it 
is an ambush predator, so all of that fringe is meant to help its profile blend in with the sea floor. So like an unsuspecting fish will pass by and then suddenly this like carpet mat comes to life and eats it on up. Ooh. Yeah. What a slick predator. It's always the cute ones that are the most ferocious. (laughs) I feel like, I feel like, you know, it's always the unassuming ones that are the most ferocious. And, you know, this guy's like, oh, I'm going to get you. Just wait. Yeah. Naughty little carpet. Naughty little rug. It's like if the the magic carpet in Aladdin had like a big face and just <laughs> ate the monkey. And was a terror behind the Abu's back. I mean, if I'm remembering correctly, they did fi- like the monkey and the carpet did fight a lot. So I feel like if it had a mouth, it would have eaten eaten the, that monkey right up. I mean, Abu was kind of a terror though. Like he, he was would... kind of a jerk. <laughs> so. I get it. The carpet was like, leave me alone. I've been chilling, you know, in this yeah. cave for forever is what it seems like. Let me live. <laughs> I wish the remake had had the carpet eat eat the monkey is what I'm saying. That's what the, that's the only bad part of the remake is that they didn't <laughs> give the carpet teeth and a face and have it eat that gosh dang monkey. Maybe they're listening now, and when they do the sequel, they will incorporate a carpet shark, or they will turn the carpet into a carpet shark. Yeah, in about a decade when they do the re-remake of all these things, where maybe they'll do like an animated remake of the live-action remake of the animated version, then just give the carpet a face, and I'll I'll give you my my bucks, Disney. (laughs) Disney, are you listening? Here's the new (laughs) plan for 2030. Give us this. Here are some honorary mentions of names that sound like insults. There's the penis snake, which is neither a snake nor a penis, but a limbless amphibian that looks unfortunately phallic. The sea pig, which is a little pink sea cucumber, which really only looks like a pig if you mean an inflatable faceless tentacled pig. Then there's the bah humbuggy, a small land snail found in the bah district in Fiji. Apparently, biologists are hopeless dad jokesters and couldn't resist naming this newly discovered Bah Snail Bah Humbuggy. When we return, we'll quit with the insults and brainstorm some names for your band. Oh, and they happen to be the names of some real animals, too. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. So in this section, we're going to talk about some incredible names. But this time, I think rather than insults, these sound like metal bands. So... If you are an aspiring musician and you're looking for a name for your metal band, I've got some for you here. And the first one is the Hellbender Salamander. That's wow, that was not a good metal impression. It's metal at the Ren Fair, Katie. <laughs> my metal band metal. with my lute. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, grinding on that lute. So, the Hellbender Salamander is a giant salamander found in eastern and central United States. It is the largest salamander in North America, living in freshwater streams and rivers. And it reaches up to about 5 pounds, which is about 2.3 kilograms, and up to 2.5 feet, which is about 70 centimeters in length. So, it's the size of, hmm... I don't know, a ferret? A small ferret. Yeah, it's not terribly large, but it's big for a salamander. Yeah, it's not like the giant Chinese salamander big where it's basically the size of a toddler. But this, <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty big. And the name Hellbender seems to be from early settlers who found the salamander's grayish-brown skin, which has these skin flaps on the side that sort of undulate, and it's got this slimy body that it just undulates in this really weird psychedelic way. And so they thought that this looked like the horrible tortures of the infernal regions and that it is oh hell-bent on returning to hell, which is a very, like, very settler thing to be like, this is a new thing for me. I bet it's a demon from hell. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it looks so kind that like <laughs> I know. being a demon from hell is the exact opposite of what I think. I mean, honestly, yeah. though, it does just kind of look like a pile of mud. Yeah. And these are pretty um, chill. They're pretty yeah. chill. Like these settlers had, you know, they had issues and they are harmless to humans. Uh, it is a carnivore. They eat small fish and crayfish. But so do we. Exactly. <laughs> know, right, exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they breathe underwater through gas exchange on those skin folds. So that that undulating skin, the kind of loose skin on its side, that's so it can breathe. So lay off. Come on. Yeah. Like I mean, it looks external lungs. Yeah, it's so it's like uh, it actually has lungs and gill slits, but the, it also basically sort of like other amphibians like frogs, it can breathe through its skin. So it does gas exchange through its skin. 
underwater. And actually, speaking of the whole issue of gill slits and lungs, so in its early stage, in its larval stage, it actually has um, these sort of like external gill, feathery gills, um, like an axolotl. And axolotls are just a species of permanently immature salamanders. So have you guys seen an axolotl before? No. no. Okay, I gotta show you. You have to spell it because that is axolotl. <laughs> my hooked on phonics education is really holding me back. It's not an axolotl. It's an axolotl. <laughs> axolotl. Oh my God. Yes, I've seen this thing before. It definitely looks like a Pokemon. Uh, yes. If you're at home trying to research, it's A-X-O-L-O-T-L-S. Yeah, it's got pink spiny things on his head and blue eyes and like little legs. And I kind of wish it were like five feet so I could like love it and hug on it. <laughs> oh, my God. People do actually keep these as pets because they're so cute. You can't really I don't think it's a really good idea to handle it like a lot of amphibians. Right. And, you know, their skin is sensitive. But, yeah, they, they do. They are very very cool looking, very cute, I think. They have rather sort of the opposite of the lump sucker. They have a perpetual little smile. <laughs> I know I'm saying there are like a lot of animated films, but what is the animated film that looks almost exactly like this? I mean, the creature is like a lot larger. How to Train Your Dragon? Oh, yeah. I feel like it is maybe. I feel like they may have created that dragon based off this because the same type of like ear structures and face shape. Mm -hmm. and Yeah. Okay. Basically, axolotls look a lot like the immature stage of other salamander species. And normally, salamanders go through this larval stage where they look like axolotls. And it's the same as like frogs. So frogs go through a larval stage where they're little tadpoles. It looks like it's got feathers coming out of the side of its head. Those are actually external gills that uh, collect oxygen from the water. And they do have little feet, little arms and little legs and little tails that are kind of like um, look like a little, their their hind tail looks a little bit like a fin, and they're completely aquatic. And while normally salamanders, like the hellbender salamander, will actually grow to a mature stage where they lose those external gills and they actually have lungs, but they also have they can do gas exchange on their skin. Axolotls just permanently stay in this larval juvenile stage um, their whole lives, and. Um, uh, if you actually inject an axolotl with, I think it's iodine, it will turn into an adult morph of it, which it's, its species what? will not. Yeah, its species will not do that without human intervention, which is incredibly amazing. It's yeah. Humans don't <laughs> screw this up for the axolotls because honestly, to be enjoy your childhood and your youth forever, <laughs> it is a trap. <laughs> so mm -hmm. stay young while you can. Don't let the humans turn you into an adult. They're sort of like vampires of of the salamander world a little bit. Oh, my God. They do sometimes eat each other, too. I forgot to oh. mention that. Horrifying. <laughs> Listen, it went from so cute to so horrifying in just seconds. Imagine watching one of these, like, munch on another one of these. Like, I mean, and they have, like, cannibal morphs where it's, like, bigger ones that tend to eat their siblings more. But look. That happens in a lot of animals. I don't want to judge these just because they engage in some light cannibalism. That's pretty common. So, don't right, judge it's common them. amongst a lot of species. So yeah, exactly. I can't blame them, but yeah. I will say, you know, just keep your youth, no matter what. <laughs>
Listeners here at Creature Future Pod, we are anti cannibalism. I just want you to know. Yes. Uh, I don't know what's happening today. Oh, speak for yourself, Joel. Speak for yourself. Protein is protein. Oh, Katie, you're scaring me. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Our next animal, the screaming hairy armadillo. Near, 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 near. That was great. I just okay. love these like random riffs that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the screaming hairy armadillo, which ugh, God, please, somebody, if you have a band that you have not named yet, please name it this. I I would love that. This is named a screaming hairy armadillo because it is an armadillo who screams and is hairy. You gotta love an accurate name. You, you just, <laughs> I love it. So this armadillo is found in South America. It looks a lot like a regular armadillo, but it's got a lot of hair growing out of its plate armor, a bunch of these long white hairs, and it indeed screams. So when it is handled, it squeals. So <laughs> here it is doing one of its famous screams. <laughs> a crying mandrake sound i think yes and it's hairy with like a lot of like thready things like mandrake this yes. is the inspiration yes oh yes. my gosh look at these nails though and this kind of a diva yeah i mean truly like can we get some nail clippers for this this <laughs> creature well, it, it needs those because it it's loves digging. to burrow so it, yeah. it is it is a burrowing animal. Those long hairs probably protect it from sand and other substrate because it actually lives in a variety of areas in South America from dry forests to grasslands to hot deserts. So it basically needs to protect its body and to be able to burrow in these different kinds of substrates. And those long claws will help it dig into the sand or into the dirt. Um, and one of the things they love to do is actually dig under rotting carrion so dead bodies and wait around and it's like why are they doing this are they just creepy and gothic it's actually because they are insectivores and they will wait for the insects that come to eat rotting carrion and then just like burst up from the ground and eat these insects and it's okay, that's definitely pretty... name your metal Still creepy. Band after this yes. because then you can reenact this yeah. on stage like just emerge <laughs> from a sea of dead bodies and Feast on the bugs underneath, and then that is the start of your yes. show. This is very Woo. death metal, black metal. It is, I think. <laughs> Except it's really interesting that this armadillo's underbelly kind of reminds me of that of the same like underbelly of a turkey. The way it's fashioned, <laughs> it just has the longer hairs around it. But yeah, yeah, it's. I, I think they're adorable. They're like really hairy, and they're kind of pudgy, and they've got that classic little triangle armadillo face and little ears and then when you pick it up it'll, it'll just like at you oh you know what it actually sounds almost exactly like porgs from star wars oh yes you know the porg alarm cry exactly. yes absolutely so i yes. guess they stole it from star wars huh do we know, know if the scream is like an alarm thing is it warning others it's actually not necessarily warning other armadillos because they aren't very social. Most likely it is to startle the predator or it's kind of like this car alarm system with a lot of preyed upon animals where they do an alarm call that 
will threaten the predator to get more predators to come. So they're like oh. saying, like, I'm going to put up a fuss and then other predators that are maybe bigger than you is going to come over to see what's going on. So it scares them off because they a lot of predators are themselves prey to larger predators. So they can be easily spooked by uh, an alarm call like that. And here I just thought that this armadillo was mostly a Scorpio and wanted to be left alone <laughs> and was doing the high pitched scream so that it would be dropped and could continue on its way independently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's definitely a narc, I would say. <laughs> although although I feel like if you're about to get eaten, I think that's the one time you get to be a narc. So our next animal with a very metal band sounding name is the Cenarius mourner. Cenarius mourner. <laughs> So this is a bird that lives in South America in tropical and subtropical forests. And its name sounds very metal, but it's just kind of like a standard bird name, I guess. So it, it the scenarius part, even though it sounds amazing, it just means an ashy grayish color, um, sort of an ashy gray brown, which is usually used to describe bird plumage. So scenarius, like kind of grayish brown, bird plumage and then it's called mourner probably for its sad sounding calls sort of like a mourning dove it kind of does a (laughs) which I guess is uh is sad sounding but the really interesting part of this bird's life happens when it's just a baby so nestling scenarius mourners are not a sort of ashy gray. They're actually bright orange with long feathers covered in these white tips. And the reason they look this way is they're actually meant to mimic the look of this toxic hairy caterpillar of the flannel moth. So this is the only known instance of a bird mimicking an invertebrate to protect itself. So this bird is so intriguing to me. Like basking as a caterpillar? Yeah, I think this is the only known instance of like a bird mimicking an invertebrate. So, yeah, and something um, that's, you know, um, a lot smaller than them. I mean, it's not necessarily smaller than the nestlings, though, because like these caterpillars are quite big. A lot of their bulk is taken up by their hair. So I just posted the picture. There's this like, it's this sort of yellowish orange uh. caterpillar that looks, people say looks like Trump's hair. I actually think it looks, it's a lot fuller, a lot more hirsute, but the hairy caterpillar that this bird nestling imitates is orange with sort of black hairs and white tips. It it looks very, very similar. And to step it up a notch, the nestling will also mimic its movement by slowly moving its head back and forth like it's a caterpillar kind of moving along. So there's actually a video of that. I'm putting it in the show notes, but you guys can take a look at that. Oh my gosh, the way that it turns its head. Yeah. That's so strange. It is. I love how in the second part of the video, it's just the birdie getting food from its mom. And so it's like goes from this very like slow moving, like I'm a caterpillar, I'm a caterpillar. And then it like pokes its little head up and you see its little bird face. And he's like, oh, food. And it just turns back into a bird. 
their heads are down, can it see at all? I mean, it can see the ground, but it's not really interested in looking at the predator. Its main thing is it sees a predator, it feels in danger somehow, and then it just puts its head down and starts moving like a caterpillar because it's a nestling, so it really doesn't have means of escape. It can't run away, it can't fly all right. away. So looking like a toxic caterpillar is probably its best bet. And these caterpillars are not only toxic to eat, but also they have venomous spines in all of that hair that will sting you if you touch them. So like if you see, I would say in general, a, a hairy caterpillar, even though they look soft and like you could pet it, they, you don't want to do that because a lot of them have irritating or even venomous spines. So yeah, leave, leave those fuzzy caterpillars alone. There are some species of caterpillars that aren't too dangerous that you can pick up, but I would err on the side of not touching a fuzzy caterpillar unless you know what it is. But definitely not these ones that are these orange, huge caterpillars in, in South America. Like for, for reference, it's like, I feel like one of these caterpillars could sort of like take up the space of your hand. So you could like hold it in your hand, but you shouldn't because it'll sting you. <laughs> It's basically screaming, look at these bright colors. I'll kill you. Yes. I'll yes. kill you if you touch me. Making itself super appealing, like, ooh, yeah. don't I look attractive with these great bright colors? And then <laughs> it takes a turn for the worse. Well, it's, it's actually a, a case of aposematism where to us humans, it may look very beautiful, but these bright, exaggerated colors are sort of warning these other animals, sort of like what Tide Pods are trying to do with humans, where it's like, this is toxic, <laughs> you don't want to eat it, it's bright. Bright orange, bright orange and fluffy, that's no good. It's kind of the, the uh, I like to call it the gritty defense, you know, the mascot gritty. Mm -hmm. It's like... Yes, from the Faki team. Boston? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, some something like that. I, I don't know. Sorry, hockey, hockey fans. Sorry, I don't hockey. Know your sport. <laughs> I apologize, hockey. But yeah, it's gritty and gritty. Of course, as we know, if you try to Philadelphia, touch they're gonna kill us. Philadelphia, please don't. I'm sorry, so sorry. Philly. I missed you for Boston. I do That's love, my bad. I do love gritty, but if you do touch gritty, he does sting you with his venom, and he will also consume you and eat you. <laughs> Gritty's mouth is a good example of the fish you're talking about. Oh, yeah, the oh, carpet yes. shark. Yes, yeah. like the carpet shark. The tasseled wobegong. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I feel like if you crossbred the tasseled wobegong and the scenarius mourner, you would get gritty. Absolutely. Oh, my We've figured gosh. out his genius. We've done it. We've figured out how scientists genetically engineered the gritty. <laughs> You're welcome, Philadelphia. I know. I'm like, I need to look at Gritty and see what Gritty looks like. We always need to look at Gritty. You can't not look oh, at Gritty. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, also real Jim Henson-esque. Yes. Got it. With a menacing aura. I would say like a Muppet with a very menacing aura. I mean, definitely Carpet Shark for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just, you know, with legs. Welcome back to our podcast, Gritty Talk. <laughs> the nitty, oh wait, damn it, I should have said the nitty gritty. The nitty gritty. <laughs> <laughs> That's there the name. Is. Here are some honorary mentions of totally metal sounding animals. There's the ghost bat, a bat who is, well, surprisingly corporeal. Then there's the goblin shark, a shark who honestly looks too goofy to be scary, with a long snout and wonky teeth. 
And finally, the black ghost knife fish, which is a long eel-like fish that floats like a ghost and can actually produce electric signals, which it uses to search for food and to signal to mates. When we return, hold on to your Caboosians. We're about to get Susian. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Okay, so now I want to talk about silly animal names that to me sound like something that Dr. Seuss came up with. I love I loved the Dr. Seuss books when I was a kid. I think any person who has an interest in evolutionary biology, all of the creatures that Dr. Seuss comes up with and all of the fake like biology facts about them is so amazing and so fun. Like I remember there was, oh, and I, I, I guess I, I don't remember the rhyme, but it was this, this animal that would like nip its tail, but its tail was so long that it took a long time for the nerves to reach the brain. And then it would like nip it at night and then it, it would finally feel the nip in the morning and it would wake up. Just incredible Dr. Seuss logic. Of course, neurons and nerves act very quickly, so this would not be the case, but still, I love that idea. So our first Dr. Seussian animal is the fried egg jellyfish. I bet you guys oh will never gosh. guess what this is. Does it, does it look like a fried egg with yeah. jellyfish tentacles? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a jellyfish. Now wait for it. It looks like a fried egg. Um... A fried egg is not cute, but it is gorgeous, and I can't understand why. But something about like the yellow sheen of the yolk, the yolk, and then like mm-hmm. the the whites of it. A, fri- a fried egg just looks 
pretty. And this jellyfish is no exception. It is also pretty. It does. Yeah, it is. It. Yeah. yeah, it's stunning. Like the translucent part is really, really gorgeous. Obviously, you know, the translucent part at the top where the yellow kind of center is looks great. But then, of course, you have the translucent kind of tentacles that are happening at the end. Um, it is really adorable. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I actually shared that that feeling of like eggs are pretty to look at, like fried eggs and raw eggs. I'm not so sure about like hard boiled eggs unless you do it like I used to not like hard boiled eggs until I found out you could do it. There's a way to do it so that the yolk is like not super hard. Um, so it's still kind of like orange and gelatinous, and that like I think a two minute egg, as yes, opposed to a six minute. Yes, egg. The, yes. the sort of that like the or I think feel like the once the yolk turns yellow, no, no, thank you, no thanks, not into it. But like the orange yolk, it's really good. Yes, I'm 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 a huge snob about how I have my <laughs> eggs. It's just your preference, but. Uh, I guess back to jellyfish and not just me ranting about my egg preferences. <laughs> I mean, um, it's relevant because this definitely just yeah. looks like a fried egg. It does, yeah. And, and like it has a yellow colored center. The rest of its gelatinous body is off-white. And because it's a jellyfish and it has this radial symmetry, it looks like a perfect fried egg. And there's a few like different species of jellyfish that kind of look like fried eggs. Um, here's another one, a photo of it on the beach. And it looks in- indistinguishable from like someone just like dropped an egg, like a raw egg on the beach. <laughs> like that's what I would think walking by, like this is a raw egg. And then, you know, if you poke it, you're probably It also looks dramatically thing. different outside of water. Yeah. I mean, part of that is probably because it's, it's the sand. translucent. Right. Yeah, it's translucent, so the sand it's, is... Yeah, it's taking in. on the sand's um, yeah. actual components. But a lot of it, too, is just... They're so fascinating. I wonder, though, like, what are their... Like, what's the purpose of this jellyfish? You know, this fried egg jellyfish? I mean, I, can't, I couldn't really find, like, a reason for why it's yellow on the inside. The The closest I could find is just... Their coloration seems to depend on their diet. Um, so I would assume the food that it's eating is giving it this pigment. And to understand sort of like why jellyfish looks this way, we could learn a little bit about jellyfish anatomy because it is very weird. So this is this is just sort of a basic rundown of most jellyfish and their anatomy. Uh, jellyfish may not seem like an animal, but they are. They do not have a centralized nervous system or a respiratory system. They breathe through gas exchange all over their body, but they do have some organs, I think, that are surprising. So first of all, the main part of the jellyfish, the part that kind of looks like a mushroom cap, is called the bell or hood, uh, which is sort of a that, that membranous sort of like dome shape. They actually do have eye spots. So they. I think this is something that you know, a lot of people may not know about jellyfish. They have eyes. A lot of jellyfish have these very rudimentary eye spots that can just tell light from dark. But some jellyfish, like the box jellyfish, have 24 eyes arranged radially around the jellyfish. Whoa. So they have 360 degree vision and they can see some color. And they wink at you, though. <laughs> they can wink, 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 wink at you. <laughs> 
I don't believe they have eyelids. They do not have eyelids. They also probably their sight is pretty rough. I would imagine it's just seeing sort of rough light and dark and sort of blobby color shapes. Someone make a 24 lens glasses so <laughs> that they can see better under the water. Yes, yes. 24 eyes, though, they'll be called by other fish <laughs> at school. Oh, no, not 24 eyes. <laughs> Poor bully jellyfish. I know. And along the rim of the bell, often jellyfish have tentacles that can sting and stun their prey. They also like inside, so that outer rim of these sort of thinner tentacles on the inside, these more bulky looking things are called oral arms. And these are these arms that can pull food into their mouths. And they also have stinging cells often on these these parts. And in the center of the jellyfish is a mouth and a stomach pouch. Mm. And... Again, these these are completely radially symmetrical, so they have radial gonads. And so, you know, like on the top of jellyfish often, especially like moon jellies and other sort of translucent jellyfish, you see this sort of like almost floral design. It looks like a little flower on the top of the jellyfish. That is actually its gonads because they are radially um, symmetrical. Um, and... Jellyfish can do sexual and asexual reproduction. So adult jellyfish, which are called medusa, can release sperm and eggs into the water for sexual reproduction. And baby jellyfish, which are called polyps, can actually reproduce asexually through budding, which is cloning. So basically like like growing a smaller another polyp off of them. So really, really interesting creatures, these jellyfish. So with this fried egg jellyfish, it seems like its bell part is sort of this off-white translucent color and the inside, so it's like its um, stomach and its mouth parts and its gonads and all that stuff on the inside is this yellowish color. And my guess would be it's because of its diet having some, it's getting some sort of yellow coloration from its diet. So it's really interesting. And delicious looking. Kinda, delicious looking. Kind of oh. want to fry one up. I know it wouldn't be good. I know, oh, look, no. I understand. I understand it wouldn't be good. It wouldn't taste good. It would probably hurt me. Um, I, I still want it. Though. You're still intrigued. You're still the intrigued. Heart. You still have to find yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. It's like th- things that that look edible that are not gonna be edible, but they just, you know what I mean? It's like, ah. Uh, like Tide Pods. <laughs> Back to the Tide Pods. Back Always the Tide, the Tide Pods, Pods which are like literally the yeah. most unsafe products we have right now. Yeah, or like Fabuloso. That's so delicious. Looks like I could just drink it up. <laughs> Why do they make they make cleansing products look so refreshingly good? They really it's do. It's like is Fabulosa actually fresca with a twist? You know, you'll <laughs> never know. <laughs> So another gorgeous creature. I'm re- just now realizing a lot of these are marine animals. And I guess we just, some of the best names we reserve for marine animals. But this is the red-lipped batfish, which again sounds very Dr. Seussian. Seems like there'd be some kind of like Dr. Seuss rhyme that's like the red-lipped batfish is that fish, which lips is red. I'm not good at it. I couldn't I- do that. <laughs> The rhymes that Dr. Seuss came up with were like, ooh, I just, I can't try to rhyme anything with this, but I can say that it 
is not cute to me. It kind of has the face of a squirrel <laughs> with like, you know, these very bright red lips. The lips are stunning. Um, stunning. First of all. And then this kind of bat like body, but an aquatic bat. Like it just, it reminds me of a squirrel bat, an aquatic squirrel bat with perfect <laughs> lipstick. Maybe I that's feel it. like they took the Fenty Red that's supposed to match everybody and we're like, yes, yes. this is my color. I've discovered it. <laughs> yes. uh, the white mustache is very relatable. Uh, you can bleach your mustache, <laughs> but it's not going anywhere unless you wax it. Uh, and I'm confused by, okay, listen, scientists, a batfish. It's got no wings. Uh, it is not black in color. It does not have like bat ears. Where? Why a batfish? I don't know. Its bone structure is kind of similar to a bat. Like, even though it doesn't have the wings, if you're looking at the bone, like, look at the legs okay, and the things. Okay. Those are very bat-like to me. I think if you look at it, like, aerially, <clears throat> maybe it looks a little more. I actually agree. I don't think it looks too much like a bat. To me, it looks more like a weird kite with legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I'll show you a diagram of what its top sort of looks like. I actually love this diagram because the, the red lips are lovingly rendered. <laughs> it actually looks a little bit like a manta ray, but with legs when you look at it aerially. But when you look at its front, it's just sort of this weird triangle shape with angry little eyes in the middle and a kind of big nose, and then just the the most kissable Maybelline lips, just this amazing pout, a pouty I'm lip. I'm seeing what's under these lips, I mean, I these lips be honest. are perfect. I mean, yeah, you probably don't want to go too far underneath, Joelle. Um, you might find yeah, something that you don't like. Yeah, just focus on the lips. Just focus right here in this it's region. It's a bold and... lip. It's a bold lip, but I do like it. I'm still getting those, ba- like, the legs still remind me of a bat. I mean, like, I still hmm. feel like that in terms of, but that's the only thing. I mean, that face is 1,000% squirrel. Like, look at the nose. Look at the eye placement. Like a squirrel that did a, did a got your lipstick and put yes, it on. Yes, of course. Or a gift card. <laughs> but those <laughs> limbs, those limbs are actually modified fins that have become these limb-like appendages and it's actually lost most of its ability to swim in favor of walking along the ocean floor so it just kind of like skitters across the ocean floor uh, looking for small fish and it has this modified fin on its forehead called an elysium which is similar to an anglerfish that is used as a lure for small fish. And it also has a bioluminescent bulb on it. And it grows to be, it's not actually that big. It grows to be, um, although I guess it's surprisingly large when I think about how goofy it looks, but it grows to be a little over a foot in length, so 40 centimeters. Um, And it's those huge pouty lips, which I think are just, I'm honestly jealous are used to attract mates during spawning. So yeah, they the the sexy red lips are in fact meant to look sexy. That's right. They're what they where's my partner, essentially. They're like, come <laughs> on. To lure lure their partners on over. Yeah. I don't know if this color would work on me. Maybe. <laughs> I think I'm, it would look lovely. You're very sweet. I'm wondering though, like, cause you know, I feel like maybe it's got, it's like got too much of an orangey undertone Mm. and like, I need more of a berry undertone. But honestly, it could just be the lighting. 
you it know, could just don't be the lighting. Discredit this. That's it true. Well, if I could borrow borrow their lipstick, did you ever do that? Like as kids, it's so gross though. Just like sharing makeup with your friends. Absolutely. Like, now I think about it, I'm so disgusted. But you know, you just try it. You gotta try on try on those colors. Spread your germs and get some mono. <laughs> <laughs> the old fashioned way. Mm-hmm. <sighs> kids today are too coddled. What with germ theory and everything. And now kids, I'm trying to think about the kids who are like kindergarten, first, second grade who are like not sharing must be the most drilled into them thing ever. Whereas I know. Kids, like share and make sure like somebody asks, you know, just politely let them take it for a little bit. Be friendly. And now I feel like you don't even share a pencil. No. Because I don't know if it's been in their mouth or what. Don't Bring your anything. own doorknobs. Bring your own doorknobs. Honestly, door wrap your children in plastic. <laughs> and send them out into yeah. The Just in <laughs> bubble wrap to protect them from every direction. <laughs> exactly. And so they won't touch anything. They won't share anything. Yeah. They won't, you know, they'll bounce if anyone hits them with anything because of yeah. the bubble wrap. Yeah, bubble you know, boy. Bubble boy for real in real life. We're headed that way. We seems. are. Oh, what a world. Well... <laughs> In other news, there is a there is an animal called the proboscis monkey, and this is one of my favorite monkeys in the world. They are amazing, lovely. They sound like a Dr. Seuss character, and they look like a Dr. Seuss character, yes. and I think they're absolutely gorgeous. So, proboscis monkeys have a big nose, and it actually seems a little bit rude to be like, oh, you, you, you have a big nose? Well, we're going to call you proboscis monkey like okay thanks i guess i mean i you know it's nice of you i suppose (laughs) just such rude rude scientists so these are found in mangrove forests in borneo and they actually live in the similar areas to where orangutans live and they coexist relatively without incident so males grow to be about two and a half feet long not including the tail which is about 75 centimeters and up to 50 pounds which is about 22 kilograms so a little smaller than like a labrador retriever and females are about half their weight and a little shorter and males are the only ones that have those huge proboscises so those big noses that look like a cartoon character they they look like it looks like a cartoon nose that you drew on them like as a child like you know the the old like world war ii drawing what's it called like kilroy was here do you guys know what i'm talking about there was like no there's but it does like, look like a caricature, like right, a, right. like or an Ziggy. exaggerated caricature. It looks like Ziggy <laughs> cartoons. Oh, that thing a lot of guys got a tattoo of in the 90s? Oh, I mean, yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, I feel know. like there's a lot, of, a lot of cartoons that have that have just like this nose profile. But yeah, like, like Ziggy. Remember Ziggy? Oh, the- Ziggy, for those of you guys, if you don't know, he's like, Flesh colored, but he like has no torso. It's just like right. arms, legs, and a giant head. And then he wears a big shirt and no pants. And no pants, Ziggy. right? Yeah, I mostly know Ziggy from the the Seinfeld episode where Elaine accidentally plagiarizes a Ziggy cartoon, which I thought <laughs> was great. But yeah, Ziggy cartoons were basically like Ziggy sadly looking at something and being like, "Well, my life isn't great." <laughs> Ziggy, oh, that's really sad. I don't know anything about this character. I don't either, but I do think so. I looked up like the photos that the National Geographic took of these monkeys, and they're like 
the most stunning portraits. Yes. I'm, I'm like, wow. I think they're beautiful. Like, I understand, like, oh, it's it's funny they have, they have these cartoonish noses, but I think they are actually stunning animals because they have this orange fur on their backs and tops of their heads, lighter fur on their bellies, and they have these kind of, like, round pot bellies. They have grayish limbs and a long gray tail, a sort of long face, and their faces are wreathed in this really neatly coiffed fur, and they also have this, like, band of fur around their neck and shoulders. It's very neat. It looks like they have like they have a haircut, like a, yeah. a like a groomed dog or something. Where It looks it's, very, it's, like, regal, almost. Yes, like, it good. looks, like, very, like, European regal. The fur looks incredibly soft, and j- it, they just look so well taken care of. Yes. I don't know. I don't know another way to say yeah. it, but they just look so Self-care. fit together. Yes. Self-care is important. Um, I think you nailed the right on the head when you were like regal. Yes. Uh, I feel like Star Wars wishes. Star Wars wishes they had regal characters. <laughs> beautiful and yes. regal and alien looking. Exactly. Exactly. And females, even though they don't have the characteristic big nose, they do have a quite interesting little sort of upturned, I think it's very cute, little upturned nose. And they are a bit smaller than the males, but they also have this very wise looking face, like they contain multitudes. And they are also very, very beautiful, their fur. This auburn color at the top is really, really beautiful. I wish I had that, you know, like I have sort of reddish hair, I wish, you know? I want what she has. Uh. So <laughs> I'll take the number whatever that is. Yeah. And males have a lot to offer females. Not so their big noses are very attractive to the females because they allow males to produce very loud mating calls. So they're these resonant chambers. They can produce these loud mating calls. They also have you know, I'm gonna get get a little bit crude, but this is you know this is just truth. This is just life. Uh-oh. They have bright red penises and a black scrotum, which is very attractive to the females. You know, look, they're you like jazzing what it you up. Like. <laughs> they're jazzing Truly. it up, and they're actually relatively mellow monkeys. So they will live in groups that typically have a dominant male and a bunch of females. And that sometimes, like, comes across as, like, oh, well, you know, this is unfair to the females. But basically, like, the the dominant male kind of switches out sometimes. And, like, membership in these groups sort of, like, switches. And the females kind of have a a hierarchy um, and often sort of determine uh, dynamics about the groups. Uh, And also, these groups are not very violent. So they're not a lot of infighting, although there's some sort of, like, dominance competition amongst females and they're, but they're also not violent towards other groups and they coexist with other groups. Like sometimes they'll share sleeping areas and water holes and just kind of like they're very chill and mellow. There's not that much aggressive competition. There's like, of course, a little bit, some conflict, but it, it's just they're really pretty mellow, which is really cool. There are a lot of monkeys and primates that are a little more on edge, <laughs> like baboon troops are quite can be quite aggressive chimpanzees can be quite aggressive but uh yeah these guys are chill they're mellow they just eat fruits and leaves they are fantastic swimmers they love to leap into water and belly flop and they have these webbed toes that help them swim they're just kind of like surfer dude monkeys you know what i mean (laughs) very chill yeah 
very community oriented. Exactly. Yeah, I, I love these. I love these monkeys. They're they're one of my favorites. They're just so I, I love I love the whole vibe. You know, it's just it's a cool vibe. It's a chill vibe. I think they might be my favorite one that we've discussed today for sure. <laughs> Clearly, the superior funny named animal. <laughs> Although I do love the lump sucker a lot. Yes. Oh, I know. Yes. I forgot about my Maybe it's a tie. I know. Maybe it's a tie. Okay, Disney, here's the pitch. It's the monkey and the fish and their best friends. But they can oh. only kind of like hang out at the water. Yeah. And uh, the monkey likes to help the fish like find good like places to sit. But then someone messes up the monkeys do. And I don't know, the fish, <gasps> oh my God, all the suckers have to help him get his hands back together. Oh, it's and they do it by all sitting there. And then they, they use their bodies to help basically comb his hair back into the proper to do a state. Perm. They use their suckers and do a perm. Oh, oh my, my God. This is so good. This is so good. I need it. Oh, I need it. Let's do it. What an idea. Oh my goodness. Classic. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like any of these any of these animals could just be the star of the show. Absolutely. May, might struggle a little bit with the pig butt worm, going to be yeah. honest. Might struggle a little bit. Okay, but, but the three-year-olds are going to love saying pig butt worm. That's yes. true. It'll yes. be a big hit with the three-year-olds and probably older. Jokes. It's fart <laughs> jokes. And I was like, and probably the teenagers too. Like. <laughs> Adam Sandler stars in pig butt. Although I guess Adam Sandler has gone serious now, hasn't he? <laughs> I mean, kind of. I feel like at his at his core, he still That's could be. That's true. Rob Schneider turns into a pig butt worm. That's a movie. That's <laughs> definitely a movie. We can make anything happen. We can. I think we can. Well, that is all of the silly named animals that I want to share with you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Kate. I especially appreciate that you are coming on the show today. And do you have anything to share with our audience? Any projects, anything to plug? And where can people find you? Yeah, well, thank you again for having me. This was great. I learned so much about these fascinatingly wonderful creatures with these insane names. Um, and yeah, you can find me on all social media at... Um, at the Lady KB, that's T-H-E-L-A-D-Y-K-A-Y-B. Um, and I do have a few articles and pieces coming out. Today, um, I had an article come out with Michael K. Williams about his role in HBO's new Lovecraft Country. Um, and I have a couple of pieces coming out next week from uh, my interviews with the cast of The Boys, which premieres next Friday, season two of that show as well. So yeah. Where can they find those? Yes, I'm so sorry. Thank you, girl. <laughs> Keep me on track. Um, yes, so you can find my pieces um, at comicsbeat.com. All of those pieces will be at comicsbeat.com. I know, I'm checking those out. I love Lovecraft Country. It's amazing. And Joelle, where can people find you? You guys know you can find me all over the internet at Joelle Monique. That's J-O-E-L-L-E-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E. Uh, I've got things over at the AV Club. Uh, if you want to read some of those reviews on Lovecraft Country, I'm breaking it down weekly with episodic recaps of each episode. Uh, also, oh, so many podcasts. Come check out Big Doctor's Real Friends. That's a Scrubs rewatch show. You can check out 
Night Call, where the girls look into weird things that are happening in our actual dystopian reality. It used to be fun, and now it's scary, but it's still <laughs> so good. Um, yeah, and then always right here at Creature yeah. And you can find us on the internet at Creature Feature Pod on Instagram, at Creature Feet Pod on Twitter. That's F E A T, not F E E T. That is something very different. And you can find me at Katie Golden, K A T I E G O L D I N. Just, you know, if you're interested in my Katie thoughts. And of course, as always, I am at Pro Bird Rights, where I, I'm not secretly a bird. That's silly and ridiculous and also slander and i will sue you crow bono if you guys are enjoying the show and you want to leave a review and a comment i really appreciate that and i read them all and i god i just really appreciate all my listeners so much i'm so happy that you are listening to the show um i think someone commented on the show that they wanted to send me some art you can do that by sending it to my instagram at creature feature pod or i also have an email creature feature pod at gmail.com so for that listener who had some artwork and was wondering where to send it to those are two places you can do that Thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina. Creature features a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, just between you and me, wherever you get your favorite shows. See you next Wednesday. Yay! Yay! Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 
business. It's all the things that keep this world turning. And behind every one of these companies is a partner helping to keep it all moving. It's why the local flower shop and your favorite pizza joint, the startup and the stadium, hospitals and hotels, banks and restaurants nationwide, all choose the advanced network, cybersecurity solutions, and round-the-clock trusted partnership from Comcast Business, the company that powers more businesses than anyone else. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Call or visit ComcastBusiness.com to learn more.